I want to share a message today that means a great deal. The Lord dealt with me all week long about this message over and over and over again. The message is called out from comfort. Called out from comfort. And that's what God is doing to his church today. Calling us out from the comfort of where we were. Bringing us to a place where we are totally surrendered to him. Totally convinced and convicted and confident in his word and his leading. So let's just look, and I'm going to give you some examples today before I really begin to preach of just some people that were called out by God to do something for them. People just like you and I, people that were just there on that earth, and God chose the same earth that we live on centuries ago, which have been examples to all of us in their scenario and their situation. Abraham was called out from his comfort zone. Genesis 12, one through three. He was called from his home, Ur, to go to Haran and then to Canaan. He was moving around. It took some time, but he left his comfort zone because God had called him out with his father, Terah, to move forward into what God had for his future. And I believe God does that for all of us. He pulls us from a comfort because we have a future in a ministry to serve him. Joseph was abandoned by his brothers, yet the Lord provided, sometimes even in abandonment. Joseph was very comfortable who he was in what he had done and how he was so strong and, con and convinced that God was showing him things. And when he shared with his family, the brothers got jealous and literally abandoned him in a pit. So he went, in Genesis 37, we find his story. From the pit, to the prison, to the palace. Because he trusted God and God trusted in him. It didn't look good for him at first, but what he did was powerful. From the pit, to the prison, to the palace. God called him from comfort of his family, even though the road he took was an abandonment by his brothers. It didn't look good, but the end result was for the benefit of mankind, the nation. Hidden in the depths of a bulrush and led throughout the Bible, we see Moses' response because, because of that giving over to the bulrush and hiding him there, he was raised and he was able to lead Israel out of bondage to the promised land. We find this story in Exodus 2, the beginning of it. And Moses didn't really want to do what he did, but God convinced him that he was the one. Now hear me spiritually on these things that I'm saying, because I believe God wants to convince people today that they are called to do a great work for him. Nehemiah commits to the need to rebuild the broken walls and gates of Jerusalem in Nehemiah 1 and 2. When he heard what happened there, 
and I have spoken this before, I have brought this before to you. What he had heard was going on. He literally wept. He got on his face and wept. He was so enthralled with what happened there. And it took several months for him to be able to get to where he needed to be to rebuild. But it started with the conviction and the weeping unto God. And then he asked for permission from the king to go, and the king released him to go. And this, what a beautiful story that was. What a beautiful time that was. He was called from his comfort, called out to do a work for the Lord. Isaiah saw the vision of God in the heavens after he took his eye off of King Uzziah. You see, sometimes we have to go beyond what's before us and lift our eyes up to what's above us and to be convinced by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Isaiah 6, 5, so I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. That's so powerful, so powerful. And he, he saw a vision of the angels singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And the, the temple was just full of his glory and his training filled the temple. And literally the angel of the Lord took with the tongs in the angel's hand a coal from the altar and touched his lips. And when he was touched by God, he said, send me, send me. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. I hope you are following where I'm going because this is so important. I believe that the Lord is calling the church from comfort into a work to do something very powerful, calling us out and bringing us forward to a place to where we can do something for him that's going to be so beautiful and so powerful. Jeremiah was called from the womb to prophesy or to minister. His destiny, even when he was in the womb, was there. God let him know that. He was commanded not to marry, illustrating that the message he brought, the judgment, was pending and the next generation may be swept away. God wanted nothing in his way. He wanted Jeremiah to move forward alone because the message was so strong. It was such a judgment. And that generation, if not spoken to and listened, could have been swept away. It's so important. And let me read this to you. Found in Gen Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. 
Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over nations and over kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and throw down, and to build and plant. Do you see that? Again, Isaiah was touched by the coal. Jeremiah's, the Lord touched his mouth and gave him his design of ministry. And I believe that's what God is doing to the church. I believe God is touching his church with the Holy Spirit in a mighty way. And I believe God is touching the lips of, of apostles, of prophets, of evangelists, of teachers, of pastors, of his body. Everyone in the body of Christ, God is calling forth to move forward out of comfort into what God wants us to be. We need to come out of our comfort and get where God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do and to obey him 100%, not a debate, nothing like of such that I've read, but just to move forward in what he has for us. Jesus stepped out of heaven to a womb of a teenage girl by the name of Mary, and he was birthed in a manger, so he would bring eternal change to our life. The Lord Jesus Christ stepped out of glory into a womb birthed in a manger, raised in a carpenter's home. And at his time of public ministry at 30 years old, he began to move forward in what God wanted him to do. See, some of you may be in a time of preparation right now and you don't even realize it. Just know your identity. Know exactly who you are. Let me read these to you because and before I, I really preach now, I want to read these to you. I want you to know who you are and why God is calling you out. You are the sons and daughters of God. You are the anointed of God. You are the temple of God. You are the kings and priests. You are a peculiar, special people. You are the voice of God. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are vessels of God. You are disciples of Jesus. You are one with Jesus. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are loved by God. You are protected by God. You are led by God. You are walking with God. You are mighty warriors of God. You are victorious with God. You are more than conquerors. You are overcomers. You are peacemakers. You are committed to God. You are friends of God. You are faithful to God. You are healed by God. You are forgiven by God. Oh, praise him today. That's so beautiful. You see that the moment of the church is now. Just like Nehemiah's moment, the now moment that he was in, the actual the moment that we should look at and understand that this is where we are exactly. We need to start to rebuild the walls. We need to start rebuilding the gates. We need to call back the people into the kingdom of God through the preaching of the word, through prayer on our knees, seeking a holy God who leads us and wants to speak through us and wants our life to radiate the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that people will see that there is a truth in the word and the light penetrates darkness. Darkness cannot stop the light. We are God's people and this is the moment of the church. Our calling is strong and our judgment is pending upon the next generation. We have a responsibility like no other generation before us. Our message 
is a message of hope and our position is that of faith and that faith is centered and nourished on God's word. This is how important we are. You are important individually and corporately. Every church is important. Every born-again believer is important. You are not abandoned. You are pulled together as a body full of God's power, full of his praise, full of his worship. We are born again to worship God. We have clarity in our voice and we have anointing on us as we move forward. We are a people of power. We are not a people that need to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation. We have the Lord indwelling within us. Know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Spirit and you are no longer your own? You are God's own possession. You have been bought by a price. That price was the shed blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. That resurrection in the bodily that form that he came out, not in the spiritual, he came out in the bodily resurrection. He was alive forevermore. He showed himself for nearly 40 days to all his disciples. He appeared and spoke to them. And on that 40th day, he went ahead and he rose before them before nearly 500 people. And the angel said that he would return. From his leaving until his return, we need to be active as a church, empowered, and stop trying to be so comfortable. We need to move forward in what God speaks for us to do. We need to come to the place of commitment to the Lord like we did when we first came to the altar and gave our heart. When we first received our calling to preach the word or teach the word. To become what God wanted us to be. Even though these others that I've mentioned to you today, they all began with a small beginning and they ended up doing something very powerful for God. It doesn't have to be that you're somebody large and you have all this great reputation. You can be a person just like I am a person. I was saved out of a lifestyle that was horrible and God brought me forth to preach the word of God. A prophetic word was given that I would one day be a pastor and I didn't even realize it till I became a pastor and I was told that. In the name of Jesus, I want you to know that God has something for you today. You that are listening, God has something so powerful for you today. And we need to be loud about it. We need to be praising God about it. Shall we be silent in these times of darkness and confusion? No, this is the time we need to rise up. This is the time we need to be moving forward in Christ. We need to say God's word. We need to preach God's word. We need to live God's word openly and publicly. Even though it is seemingly dark, even though that there's so much confusion on this virus and on the other situations that are going on with all the racism and the various protests, all this confusion, shall we be silent? No. Even though we're told that we can't sing in church, should we not sing? We should sing even the louder because the Lord said these rocks will cry out if we don't praise him. Shall we be withdrawn into the history of our comfort? I say not. Let's not just lean back on our laurels and our comfort and just have this mild Christianity and that thought of one day we will all go to heaven. The rapture will take us all home. We need to live out 
the name of Jesus Christ, whether it brings judgment by other people, criticism by other people, jealousies by other people, if it brings out mockery by other people, so what? We are the king's kids. We are God's chosen people. We are the voice of God on this earth. We need to move forward in the power and the anointing of the King of kings and the Lord of glory. Shall we rely on others instead of relying on the Lord? Well, I'll stop there for a moment. There's been a lot of relying on other people throughout the centuries of Christianity, relying that other people would do it and others will do it. I want to say to every individual listening to me today what the Lord told me to say to you, don't rely on man, rely on God. Don't rely on personalities and characters. Rely on God. Rely on Jesus. Rely on the Holy Spirit of the living God. If he says preach, preach. If he says call it out sin, call it out sin. If he says prophesy, prophesy. If he says pray, pray. Don't wait for men. Don't wait upon people. Don't wait upon personalities. Don't wait upon characters that you know. Wait upon the Lord and renew your strength because he is the King of kings and the Lord of glory and he wants us to praise him publicly, worship him outwardly. He wants us to speak his word with anointing, with clarity and with power. He wants us to move into the very fast lane of life and realize that we have got to take hold of the lost and tell them about Jesus and pray them into the kingdom in the hour that we live in. We are in a time like never before. We have to rely on the Lord. Shall we just communicate with ourselves and go over the problems that plague us today? No. I say not. We need to communicate the gospel to this world, to this nation, to this state, to our cities, to our hamlets, to our townships, to our counties. We need to declare the word every day. We need to pray the word every day. We need to live out the word of God every day, not just Sunday. Sunday's a great day where we can come together and we can worship God. We're coming together online where hundreds of people are online. We are coming together. We are there together, but we are still moving forward. The enemy cannot silence the church. The government cannot silence the church. Men cannot silence the church. We are the church of the living God and we are empowered by the Holy Ghost of God and God will protect us. God will lead us and God will speak through us if we will just surrender our lips, our tongue, our hearts, and our mind to him. God will use his church to bring in the kingdom of God, to bring in the rapture, to bring in the presence of Jesus on this earth. Preach the gospel with confidence. Preach the gospel with courage. Preach the gospel with consistency. Remember, Sunday's a day of praise and worship, but Monday through Saturday's a day of praise and worship also. It's a day to declare the word of God seven days a week. We need to speak God's love, his power, his mercy, his grace, and his abundant kindness. He loves you and I because he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have 
everlasting life. That's the promise of God. We must not just sit around and talk about this plague or talk about this virus, this COVID-19, or talk about the sin of racism. These are important things and we need to pray about them. But let's not just sit there and talk. Let's begin to move forward and take back what the enemy has tried to steal from us. Let's take back sevenfold what belongs to us. Let us pray and let's see God just continue to prosper us and to guide us and to lead us and to heal us and to refresh us and to give us the beauty of every day as an offering unto Him in our praise and our worship on our prayers when we're on our knees and literally listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and speaking what God says to speak. Oh, I sense His Spirit right now. We must make the noise of salvation's call. We need to call out, out of darkness, the people that are caught up there. We need to tell them about Jesus Christ. We need to tell him about his love. We need to tell him that he loved them so much that he gave his life for them and rose for them and ascended for them. And now he is interceding at the right hand of God for all of us, Hebrews 7 and 25. He is there for us. He's in my home right now as I'm preaching. I sense his presence here. I sense the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life as I speak right now. He is God forevermore. There is a clarion call for salvation. Call out. Let people know. Go to your neighbors. Go to the store. If you see someone, I saw someone just the other day and I said, do you go to church? I ask people that all the time. That's my opening question. Do you attend the church? Do you go to church? And I wait for their answer and then that opens the door for ministry. It opens the door and I always tell everyone, I'm a pastor and I want you to know that you need to be in church because you know how dark and how evil these times are. Get to church and would you like to receive Jesus now? Oh, hallelujah to the wind. The clarion call of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the call of salvation. We must come forth as victors and warriors of the cause of Christ. We are victors. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are Jesus' brothers and sisters. We are the called out of God. We are the peculiar people. We are the kings of priests. The Bible says that we need to shine forth this light that we have into darkness and show forth the praises of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must be willing to be uncomfortable as, as we form this mission around the throne of God. You see, the Great Commission is formed around the throne of God. We need to have this in our life. It, it can be very uncomfortable. But it's worth it because God is leading you and I to do a work for him in this very hour, this very day, this very year. He is using us. And tomorrow's a brand new day. When the sun rises tomorrow, we have a new day to praise and worship him and acknowledge him and bring the clarion call of Jesus' saving grace and his salvation testimony into the lives and the people whom we come in contact with. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We have a King. We have a Lord. We have a Savior forevermore. 
We must not build our foundations upon the talents and personalities of people. Our foundation is built on the word of God. This is our foundation, God's word. And whatever is built on that revelation, on that word, on that anointing, on that truth, if the storms come, if it gets so uncomfortable, whatever it may be, whatever comes up against you when it's all over, you will still be standing shoulders back, chin up high. You will mount up as wings of eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. For the Lord our God is with us. He is around us. His angels encamp around us and deliver us out of all our trouble. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Fear not, for I will lead you through this. I will be your God, and I will continue to be your God for eternity. Listen to the voice and speak the word of God. Declare the clarion call to people to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost in the hour we live. We rely on his promises is what we rely on. We must not over-talk, over-meet, over-zoom. We must be spiritually attuned on our knees and image ourselves after the image of the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, talk about somebody that was a bit uncomfortable, a lot uncomfortable. Let's talk about Jesus for a minute. Just in one scripture, it says, Matthew 8 and 20. Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no true home in this world. He who didn't come to be comfortable, he came to save us. He came to deliver us. He came to set us free. He came to acknowledge his lordship in our life. He came that we would be saved forevermore. He came to deliver us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to share some scriptures to you now. Please listen to this. Please listen to what the Holy Spirit told me to say to what the Holy Spirit is having me say through these scriptures. Ezekiel 37, 1, 3, and 5. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Ezekiel 37 and 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Good answer. Because God knows everything. And when God calls you out to a place where it looks impossible, when God calls you out to a place and says to you a question that you don't have the answer, don't act so spiritual. Don't act like you got it all together. Humble yourself before the Lord and ask him and state to him, God, I don't know this, but you know, and I'm waiting for your answer. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God forevermore. Praise him. Acknowledge him. Lift him up right now in Jesus' name and give praise to his mighty name throughout the heavenlies as your voice raises up high and worship flows from your heart before him. Ezekiel 37 and 5, thus says the Lord of God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Let me tell you something right now. The Lord wants to breathe on the dead bones of this earth. 
The people that are walking around like dead men walking. They have no idea about Jesus. They have no idea that he is the Savior. And if they have an idea, they have rejected him. But there is another chance for them. There's another word for them. God is going to breathe on this earth. His spirit is going to go through this earth. Hear what I'm saying to you. I'm prophesying to you right now. His spirit is going to flow through this earth. The bones shall rise and sinews shall get on the bones and, and, and bodies shall come back and form. And I'm speaking spiritually here. People that are walking in like dead men walking will start to rise up and they will have the Holy Spirit indwell with them. And like a mighty army, we will all move forth in the power and the anointing of God because the Holy Spirit's winds are going to blow across this earth. I saw a vision one day in my spirit in prayer three times thus far, the same vision of white capped waves coming through cities. And I asked the Lord, what is this? What are you showing me? He said, this is my Holy Spirit. And this is what it'll be like. White capped waves coming through the cities and rinsing the cities of sin and healing the cities of its degradation, its revelry, and its rebellion. The Holy Spirit is going to flow powerfully through the cities of this world. I've seen it three times and I believe it with all my heart. God is going to send His Holy Spirit and it's going to be like waves, white capped waves of the ocean coming in and rinsing the cities clean of all its sin, its degradation, its revelry, and its rebellion and bringing forth an army that will march forth in the power and the anointing and the grace and the word of God will flow from their lips in Jesus' name. Oh, would you praise him for a moment? I, I feel like I'm preaching. I really believe that God is saying to you today, we need to pray. We need to know that God has this under control and we need to look to him. We need to bring the image of Christ that's in us outward so people can see Jesus in us. Don't keep Jesus hidden. Declare him as though he is your God and he is your God. Listen to this. Jeremiah 20 and 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. Now this is Jeremiah who was called from the womb. God touched his lips with his hand. This is Jeremiah. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, him being God, nor speak any more in his name, God's name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Oh, that's how I feel. I feel like that every day. But I don't ever say to God, I will not mention your name. I will not speak of you anymore. I know how it feels, that burning fire in the heart. And I speak to people today. If you have said that, if you're angry with God, don't be. If you feel God has let you down, he has not. If you feel you cannot be forgiven, you can be forgiven. If you've walked away from your ministry, God is calling you back to your ministry. No sin is unforgivable. And let me tell you something, it is like a burning fire in 
your heart. You sense it now as I'm speaking. You declare it now as your lips are quivering. You know that God is showing you the burning fire of the Holy Ghost and you are weary from holding it back. You've been ashamed. You've been afraid. You've been mocked. You've been ridiculed. Stand up. Rise up and say, I will not hold back this word any longer. I cannot. Just like Jeremiah, move out and follow the burning flames in your heart into a ministry that God has declared belongs to you because you belong to him. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Praise him. Thank him. Acknowledge him. He is God. He is worthy of praise. The fire, I sense it in my heart right now, can you tell? I sense that fire. I could never be hushed. I could never be quiet. My tongue and lips could never cease praising him and acknowledging him. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I pray for more of God upon all of you. I pray more of an anointing on all of you. I pray God fill you right now with the Holy Ghost and fire. I declare the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon your life. I declare salvation on those that are lost right now. I declare healing power on you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Let me close with this statement. And it's hard for me to stop preaching right now. But the Lord says, it's time now to close with the statement. Cling to the Lord in faith, especially during times such as these. Let me rephrase that. Let me say it again. Let me speak it again. Cling to the Lord in faith. Faith is knowing that God's word has been applied to your heart. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Cling to the Lord in faith, especially during times such as these. This is a time like it's never been before on this earth. This is a time where the platform, the stage is already set for a great awakening and a great revival. Nothing like we've ever seen. Nothing like we've ever read about in the history books. Nothing like we've ever, ever seen on this earth in this modern day. Nothing. Nothing. A great awakening and a revival. And listen to this. The heart of God places concern for human need over religious form. The heart of God places concern for human need above religious form. God wants a church to march out. Dropping off all these forms and rituals and things of such. Nothing wrong with liturgy. Please don't take this to a place it shouldn't go. But when we make that our God, God is our God. The human need is why Jesus came. And that need was met by his death and resurrection, his ascension and now intercession, beginning with his incarnation that happened here on this earth. There's been great moves of God. There's been great revivals in the past centuries. 
You can read about the move of God in the Bible today, and of course, nothing can match what God did throughout history in the Bible. The great beauty of calling nations to his kingdom, using prophets to speak that would obey him, prophetesses to share and speak because they would obey him. He is calling that again. In this time, the great awakening and the great revival that comes will be worldwide. Millions upon billions of souls are going to be saved. God is speaking to the world today. Don't think about religious form. Think about the need of the people. And the people need Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. And amen.